Hello there, welcome to Speakerbase. This is episode three of the Sounds That Changed My Life podcast. We've already tried to do an intro twice, but Josh can't find his voice. So say hello, Josh. <laughs> hello. Right, so um, today is um, actually Josh's choice. Couldn't get the words out properly then. And um, it is, what's the topic today, Josh? Because I have actually forgotten. Uh, so we're going by good albums by bad bands. Cool. So... To give a bit of a backing um, on what we mean by bad bands is people that are typically looked at in memes <laughs> or bands and artists that people look at who are not generally favoured on. It's probably mm. the right way of putting it. I don't quite know. I keep on getting distracted by someone shouting outside my house. Um, so sorry if you can hear that. Um, but yeah, basically, it's people who we wouldn't really put to the top of our lists. I wouldn't say bad bands. I'd just say bands that we don't really like as much as you thought we would. Mm. Makes sense. Yep, definitely. Cool. Just like to mention, all of this is completely opinion. Uh, we don't want anybody to take this as gospel. Um, if this is one of your favourite bands that we've got in our list, please don't take offence. We don't mean to at all. So yeah, keep enjoying. Spoiler alert, if you like Nickelback, you might want to switch off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, we're going to be looking at, um, just like the last podcast, uh, a list of five songs. There's going to be a few honourable mentions, too, um, of some albums, or it might be just a song here and there of, you know, what we think is good from a not-so-good band, maybe. Mm. This is really hard to put in a nice way. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure it out to do this in the right way because um, I don't want to be too mean on every podcast mm. I don't want to be that person <laughs> <laughs> right so I believe we are starting with yours Mr. Josh yeah sounds good what's your number so, five so we're gonna do it so five is uh, the worst of the five that we don't necessarily like the best and then being one, uh, being one that we don't actually mind as yeah. much. So it sounds a bit opposite, but we're going from the the, the worst of the best yeah. to the to the best of the best of the worst bands. <laughs> sounds really confusing when you say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, what's your what's your number five, dude? Uh, so I've gone with Fallout Boy, and it is going to be from Under the Cork Tree. See, so uh, I get the the um, sorry to so just jump in. Oh, I right. get the idea that you don't really like Fallout Boy. Uh, uh, they wouldn't be one of the first bands I picked to listen to, to be honest. Okay. Um, it, I don't want to be harsh about it because they're not necessarily a bad band yep. as a whole. Um, their older stuff I don't mind as much, um, but it's more of the the later songs and albums. Which yeah. to me are just a bit poo. This is I don't know. It just went completely <laughs> downhill from there. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I, I'm with you, but if I was to place any Fallout Boy album on this list, it'd probably be the album after Infinity on High. Mm. Um, from Under the Cork Tree, I didn't really listen to apart from you know the songs that you hear on the radio. Yeah, but Infinity on High was, I think. I think I had it on CD. No, yeah, I did. I stole it off my sister. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't really know a lot about From Under the Cork Tree, to be honest, apart from Dance Dance and uh, the, the one that goes, doo -doo, doo -doo -doo, and that's, <laughs> that's really it. Um, uh, it, it. For me, this is one of those albums which it just brings back a lot of memories, um, purely for the, the fact it's more of my childhood. Um, obviously, at this point in our lives we were listening to and watching uh Kerrang a lot and it was it was on there virtually every half an hour probably still is um oh is it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's just one of those things it just reminds me of childhood so that's why it's really hard to say it's it's the nostalgia not... factor i think isn't it yeah that's why i've put it here there's there's a few on on my list which we'll go into in a bit that are purely that you know some are mm. albums that I really like, um and some are albums that I'm like I shouldn't like this but it's really good, 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I see why you put it on there. Like, it's it's weird because I feel like Fallout Boy are one of those bands that came out of the era. Now I know that they were around before Blink broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they're from that era that, you know, if Blink might not have broken up, some of these bands might not have got as much of a chance. Yeah. I'm not saying that Fallout Boy wouldn't have been successful because they would have. They were big anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I feel like when Blink stopped, it kind of opened the doors for some of the bands to kind of pop their heads through. I think Fallout Boy are one of them. I think All Time Low are probably one of them too. Yeah. You know, because they are one of those bands that are very vocal about how influenced by Blink they are. Oh, okay. You know, you look at Alex, he did the side project with Simple Creatures, and that's Mark from Blink as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I but think it's a really interesting album. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, my God, this is my idol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good choice. Um, genuinely didn't even think of putting Fallout Boy on there because, like, I do like some of their later stuff. Like, their last album, I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they first came back, they bought out... Um, oh, what's it called? Save Rock and Roll. Okay. Um, and that was really good. It depends on what you prefer, though, because it was quite um, quite shiny in production. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was squeaky clean in production. Um, Sometimes so, that's not that's a good thing, though. Yeah, I think, you know, if it's, if it's what the song calls for, you know, if you've got features with rappers and stuff like that, which that album does, you know, you want the production to be a little bit more squeaky clean. But, yeah. you know, it's an album with Elton John on it as well. It's a, God, yeah. it's a big jump to go That's from right. Sugar We're Going Down. Um, just on a side note, Sugar We're Going Down, I never understood that music video. I still don't. There's a dude with antlers, I guess. Uh, that's a bit weird. Um, I get the whole um, being protected over your daughter kind of thing, but I... God, you remember more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, the whole antler thing is a bit weird. I don't know. Maybe it's been different. Who knows? Maybe. Um, right. So let's move on to number five from my side. Um, I should open my notes, probably. <laughs> um. Of course, this would happen. So before we started recording, um, I usually have my notes on my iPad right in front of me. And I said to Josh how I've got 1% battery. It's dead. Right, back up, phone. Sorry about this, guys. Right, so my my number five is actually um, an album by Busted. Um, Okay. Hopefully you know who Busted are if you're listening to this. Um, they're more of a UK-based band, so if there is anyone from the US or anything like that, I don't know if you know who they are, but they were very pop-punky, very squeaky clean pop band in the early mm-hmm. 2000s, late yeah. 90s, I think. Maybe a bit before their time. Um, but they broke up. Charlie, the lead singer, went and um, joined a band called Fightstar, who are quite heavy. You might have heard of them. But yeah. Um, my, my opinion on that is best thing that could have happened to him to be honest 100 <laughs> percent um so i chose night driver by fight mm-hmm. uh by not by fight star god by uh busted and it is an album that they brought out in 2016 so mm-hmm. the reason i chose it is because i wasn't really a fan of busted i was found them a little bit kind of cheesy and again yeah. that's what they were going for but I also think that's why Charlie left in the end. Um, he wanted something a bit more mature. Yeah, I think he wanted to write serious music. Um, I don't know. I weren't in that band. Um, but, yeah, it's weird because the only reason I kind of hesitated, maybe, on putting this album on the list um, was purely down to... Um, it sounded so mature, but it came out so such a short time after Fight Star's last album. Oh, okay. And if you listen to um, the last Fight Star album, it was really heavy. Mm. Um, but some of the influences spill over. So Night Driver, the title track, um, has a very synthwave, 80s poppy sound. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know this album. 
uh, to be honest. I've skipped through various songs, and that was one of them. And it was like a complete 80s uh, pop rip-off kind of um, vibe I got from it, as you said. I think it was more of an artistic choice. I think, like, if you listen to the last Fight Star album um, and you listen to songs like Overdrive, there's synths and synth layers in those songs as it is. So there's a kind of synth wave layer to it um, as the whole synth wave thing was coming into, um, you know, popularity. Um, But, yeah, I think it's a really good thing you know, that they kind of put those things rather than just writing a busted album that was poppy and it was dudes in their 30s. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to do that, to be fair. I mean, I get why people uh, would like this. Yeah. Uh, but from what I've heard uh, from that album, I'd probably say it wasn't really for me. Yeah, like I think out of, out of all their albums, it was my favourite of the bunch. Um, yeah, I get that. Which again, like we're not saying that they're a bad band. It's just that they're not really my favorite. They're not really a band that I would listen to. Um, but I listened to some of the stuff off their newest album, which I think is called Halfway There. I think it is. Hmm. Um, and I couldn't get into that. Nah, it's like they sort of reverted back to singing songs about being in high school and stuff like that. It's a bit weird. I was just get over it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, if you're gonna write songs about that, like. I don't know. Try and I'd say try and transfer it into a more mature headspace. I think yeah, uh, I could be wrong. It could be an album that I really haven't gave it enough of a chance to. So I could be completely wrong. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it's um, Night Driver was a good album. There was a song called Easy on there, which sounded like really relaxed. Sort of. I'm not going to go with the word jazz, but relaxed kind of alt rock sort of thing. Um, a bit of a cheesy chorus, but it was it was nice. It's easy listening, pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's some really good songs on there. So I'd say best of a bad bunch. Yeah, I'll have to give it more of a try then. If you think it's uh, if it's okay, I'm totally oh, biased that, just that. because like you listen to Fight Star and I'm like I'm all over that. Yeah. So uh, I was a little bit, little bit uh, bitter when that got announced because. I think Five Stars album had been out less than a year when he announced that Busted were back together. So okay. the last Five Star album was released in 2015, and oh. this album was released in 2016. So Five Star barely, barely sort of toured that album. That which must have been worth the background. I'd say so. You've you've got to kind of expect that they would have been working on stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what I find a little bit weird about it. Anyway, moving on, transitioning to number four on your list, Josh. Uh, So that is going to be uh, This War Is Ours by Escape the Fate. I agree. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I do. Like, I'm not really a fan of Escape the Fate. Um, And why? let's, let's put it this way. Why did you pick it? Uh, I originally picked the self-titled album for this, but then I didn't feel right doing this, uh, doing that one purely for the fact I know I've listened to uh, this war as as more. Yeah. Um, it's one of those albums which I don't necessarily listen to. Well, it's one of those bands I don't necessarily listen to that often. Um, hence why it's on this list. Yeah. I prefer it when they were with Ronnie, uh, which okay. I think the majority of people do. Um, but for this album, you can see uh, Craig actually giving it his all. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those albums which it's more sentimental because of the point where I was in my life when I was... Uh, yeah. I was introduced to it, so it's got a lot of, um, a lot of kind of meaning to me, I suppose. We listen um, to that album quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I remember learning uh, their songs on guitar years ago. Um, I, mean, I probably wouldn't be able to remember playing them now, but in terms of like the lyrics and the singing and stuff, I can, I can pop any track on and pretty much like start the whole song, which is quite mad. I mean, yeah, I, I think to it that, a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we both did, and I think that. 
you listen to Escape the Fate, and I think Ronnie made them famous. Mm-hmm. But I think Craig joining the band made them a band. Yeah. That sounds a little controversial, but what I mean is like sometimes it takes for different members of the band to really pull the glue together sort of thing because it's not like This War Is Ours was a repeat of the last album. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything close. No. You know, there were some heavy songs on there. There was some really good solos. I remember hearing mm-hmm. 10 Miles Wide for the first time and, and, and I saw it on the music video and I was like, these are pretty cool. But um, they were doing a lot of the whole, you know, like Motley Crue sort of thing when, um, you know, the whole hair metal sort of thing in the in the 2000s, they brought it back. Yeah, it's really weird. It's only until recently that I've uh, like actually listening to it again, um, like to give it a recap. I had only recently uh, realized that. Um, it's, I don't know, when I originally found out about them, I thought it was just like a whole... Oh look at me! I'm trying to rehash um, like an old phase, but it in a negative way, if that makes sense. Yeah, like I feel like there's a certain time frame that uh, like certain bands will um, show influence. So, like mm-hmm. you know, Motley Crue, for instance, they won't have influenced bands straight away, but. You know, when it comes to 10, 15 years down the line, maybe people are like, oh, I can see why they were big. You know, it's the same. And I, I still say it now, and I've probably said it before, um, like, you know, with Slipknot. You know, people aren't going to be joining bands wearing masks, but you can hear the musical influences in a lot of yeah. today's bands. Definitely. So um, I think, you know, you can definitely see those sort of influences there. And it's, it's nice to see that people really show, like, I wouldn't say tribute, but show influence there. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Your number four? My number four, I feel really bad. Keep on opening my notes like this. <laughs> right, my number four is actually an album called Songs About Jane by Maroon 5. No, I completely disagree. It's not a bad band at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you carry on. I won't interrupt. So, Maroon Five in the last few years are this proper, proper squeaky clean band. Mm-hmm. Really, really poppy. But you look at their first album; they had some real good rock elements to them. Mm-hmm. They had some moments where they really showed great understanding of their instruments yeah so there's albums uh, the, sorry there's songs like the sun on the album um which starts with like um like a lazy drum beat with like ghost notes and stuff like that that was the first song that really taught me ghost notes when i was learning drums oh, okay so things like that it's kind of jazzy you'd hear it you know i wouldn't be surprised hearing it at like an open mic session or something like that mm-hmm. you know and it was one of those albums that I took a lot of influence from it in terms of songwriting a few years back, especially when I was at uni. Yeah. Um, but then you listen to them now, and they're not the same band anymore. They're not even close. No, I'll agree with you on that. Like, obviously, they've gone all the whole pop, um, pop culture kind of vibe. Uh, but I don't know their main... Like radio songs, I'll, I'll call them. They are really catchy yeah. uh, to me, anyway. And whatever they're doing, I don't know if it's they're trying to fit with the times, um, but whatever they're doing, they are doing it right because they're still. I mean, they're they're bigger than the, what they were when they did release the songs about Jane album. Yeah, and I think that's what put them on the map. Um, and I don't want to be one of those guys that's like, oh, they shouldn't have changed, because mm. you know. I found it really hard placing this album on the list compared to um, It Won't Be Soon Before Long. I'm pretty sure I just butchered that name of the album. (laughs) But the album after that, because that was a really good album, um, there was a lot of, you know, I'm not going to say there was a lot of singles on there, but there was a lot of really well-written, you know, meaningful songs. And I think that's where they started to fall away in recent years is, they started by writing really meaningful songs and you could hear the meaning. 
Yeah. Not so much anymore. Mm. And that's just what I get attached to. I get attached to meaningful songs. Oh, okay. So I remember I remember it being uh the first concert I ever went to, a review. Yeah. We we went to see Maroon Five at the it's the NIA, wasn't it? NIA in Birmingham. Or the NEC. Yeah. I always get confused between the two. Um <laughs> but my sister had like a spare ticket. And she was like, bring Josh along. And he was like, I've never been to a gig before. <laughs> um it was a weird gig, but they were they were really good live. Mm. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, I found it a weird toss up between those two albums, but being as that was their first album, that was my kind of opening to them. I'd say mm. that'll go above the other album for me. Yeah, oh, that's that's fair. So um, that's why I put it there. I find it really hard placing like rankings on these albums, apart from when we get to number one. That was an mm-hmm. easy number one for me, but a lot of these albums we could interchange. I think. Yeah, I mean, as time goes on, obviously music taste uh, differs, and uh, I don't know, 12 months from now, it could uh, be a completely different list, which is quite mad. So. Yeah, I genuinely think that. I think that if we did some of these lists in about a year's time or two years' time, it's going to be different, and I think it might be, um, you know, there might be other albums on there. We might take albums off the list and be like, you know, they're not a bad band in quotation marks. So... Yeah, I think it's um it's a really interesting conversation because I think everyone else is going to look at different things and be like, they're actually a really good band. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, yeah. Let's move on to your next one then. Uh, so number three for me uh, is going to be Beartooth with the album Aggressive. Um, this absolute brilliant album, nice and heavy, uh, very melodic in certain parts. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Caleb, the vocalist, and to me, the reason why I don't necessarily like the band is because I, unfortunately, I found him a complete ripoff of uh, Caleb's previous band, Attack Attack, um, and I was such a humongous fan of them, uh, not necessarily their older <laughs> stuff, um, but like. What's the album called? Is it The Revolution? Uh, this Means War. That's it, yeah. Um, that album, to me, was just one of those albums I could literally put on repeat. Um, I, I'm really, really angry. You put it on <laughs> um, Go on. What? It's just the fact that you called them a bad band. This is good albums by bad bands, and I'm, oh, man. No, I'm sorry. Instrumentally? So, if anyone's listened to this on audio form on Spotify or Apple Music, I've just had my head in my hands for a while. Um, <laughs> I, see, I'm sorry, because so I know you like this band. I, I really love Beartooth. Um, I went really brummy then. You can tell I'm brummy when I'm angry. Beartooth. <laughs> <laughs> I really love Beartooth. Um, so, yeah, um, the only reason I'll disagree is because... This Means War by Attack Attack was their one album that stood out from Attack Attack's back catalogue. Yeah. It was their one album that didn't make sense in everything else that they'd released. Mm-hmm. So, I if mean, anything, that album was the most Beartooth album. Yeah, I get that. And it was clear that when they brought out that album that the band was in a bad place. They ended up splitting out, uh, splitting up after afterwards, and then Caleb ended up starting Beartooth. Um, yeah. And the first Beartooth album was about a lot of his struggles, um, you know, with addiction and things like that. Could be oh, wrong okay. about that, but a lot of the lyrics kind of lean in that direction. Yeah. Um, and I sort of think that if they didn't make that album with Attack Attack, they wouldn't, you know, Beartooth wouldn't have really been a thing. Mm-hmm. But oh, I don't know. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I really did enjoy watching them uh, play live at Download uh, in 2019. I thought it was uh, a really good experience. Um, it's just the fact that you called them a bad band. Uh, to be fair as well, I do disagree on the fact that that's their best album. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't really know their stuff 
I, I've just taken okay. it from, I know I liked This Means War album and I thought, okay, I wish they would have carried on doing stuff like that. I mean, uh, yeah. the song uh, off one of their earlier albums uh, from Attack Attack Smoker Hunters. Yeah. I know it's got the whole like, dubstep vibe to it as well. Um, but I don't know, it's, it's one of those songs that really drew me to them. And then I thought, okay, I'll, I'll listen to a bit more. And then they released the album. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I, I think that, that. Um, the whole, the last, the last Attack Attack album was when Rise Records were a big thing. And if you listen to that album and then you go and listen to um, the Memphis Mayfire album that came out at a similar time, you can tell that Rise Records were using like the same um, studios. All the drums were triggered. All the mixing was done in exactly the same way. And the two albums just sound close to each other. Yeah. And they weren't the only bands. It happened a lot. Um, mm. Doesn't mean it's a bad album. I just feel like when you listen to the album uh, back now, it's really... Um, I'm going to say raw, but not in a good way. You know, This Is War was a good album, but everything seems so squashed when you listen to it. Yeah. It feels really loud, but it's like not loud in a warm, big sounding, you know, epic way. It's loud in a kind of really in your face sort of harsh way. Yeah. And the, the only reason I say that is because you listen to the first Beartooth album, Disgusting. Disgusting. And <laughs> and you um you listen to the mixing on that and that is intentionally raw because mm-hmm. they're touching on a lot of emotional subjects and things like that um and it's it's loud and it's in your face but they're very they're almost in the same vein mm. I think the last album from Attack Attack became the only thing that separates that and the first Beartooth album is maybe the lyrical content. Yeah. Sometimes emotion really puts a lot into an album. Definitely. All right, my bad. Uh, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to listen to their stuff and try to reevaluate my I think, decision on that one. <laughs> I don't think there's a right or wrong at all. Like, um, I, like I think it's just... Um, hmm. I don't know. Like, the only reason I think it's there, like, that album is not their best. It's just because their first album has, you can hear how raw it is, and their newest album um, has got some massive bangers on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think there's only probably three songs from Aggressive that I can really get behind. Okay. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not good. It's a good album. But um, yeah, I like that we disagree on some things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it's, it's a weird... Because it, I'm I'm almost getting into the the kind of headspace where I'm like, good albums by good bands. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I have to keep reminding myself what this what this list is actually about. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a really interesting choice. Does it mean I'm not, I'm not happy with it? But it's an interesting yeah. choice. <laughs> um, right. So this is where we start getting spicy. What number am I on? Number three. So this is an album from 2000 um, by McFly called Radioactive. Um, Don't know it. I'm not a big McFly fan. This is why I put it on the whole uh, bad bands quotation thing. Um, Just because, you know, uh, at that sort of time in my life when that album came out, it was very much one of those albums that you know when you try to act like an album's not good? Mm-hmm. So a bit of background. When I was very young, or when I was in that sort of age in 2008 when it came out, I was, you know, young and in love. And, you know, in, you know, in a, my very first relationship as a young guy, and she really loved McFly. And automatically you go, no, I don't like him. Yeah. And then it really hurt to hear this album because I'm like, it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, is it recently that you've gone back to it? or Nah, dude. Like, like 
when that album came out, there were certain songs that were played, and I was like, shit, this is really good. Um, so there's a song called Corrupted on there. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it should be on the self-titled Blink album. There's a lot of sort of sort of dissonance and feedback noise and stuff like that. And it sounds like a proper rock song. So this is more of an experimental album from Love it. The only thing I didn't like about McFly was, to be honest, Tom's voice. Danny's got a good rock voice. He'd be great in like um Bruce Springsteen y sort of band. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I always found Tom's voice a little bit um cheesy. Okay. But this album was really good. You know, they, they ended up and I know this sounds really weird, they ended up releasing the album in the newspaper. Then they released a deluxe version. Um like in stores with more sort of songs on it. Mm. And I remember listening to it on my own at home, sort of like Damn, this is good. My only arc with it is that there's a song called POV on there. Mm-hmm. Now, as I've already established, I'm a big Blink fan. And I'm pretty sure yeah. me and you have had this conversation at some point. But that song made me really angry. What? It's just, it's a rip-off of a uh, Blink song. It's a rip-off of uh, Stay Together for the Kids. Hmm. You listen to Stay Together for the Kids and it's got like a little soft opening. It's got like piano bits and, you know, a distorted drum beat in the background. And then when it gets to the chorus, it just opens up and there's big loud guitars and live drums and stuff like that. Even mm-hmm. down to the structure of the song, it's the same. And I just thought, oh. It's mad certain bands can, well, not even certain bands, just sort of how bands can get away with it. Yeah, obviously, I don't think they were... It might not have been intentional either, and it's not like they've gone, right, let's play these chords, let's sing this song, rip it off. I just think it was it was very heavily influenced, and you can hear it if you listen to the two songs back-to-back. Yeah. Um, I mean, realistically, there's no... Well, because music's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, obviously, today's music... There's no way you're going to be able to come up with something, something which is genuinely original. Or there's always going to be influences from other bands or artists somewhere down the line. Yeah, like there's there's no way of writing original music nowadays without stepping on people's feet. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. listen to a lot of metal now, and you know, even when we're writing stuff, we're like, oh, that sounds like this. Yeah. Oh, we need to change that a little bit because that sounds like, you know, it's so easy to write. Stomping river and be like, oh, that sounds like raining blood. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like sad but true by Metallica. <laughs> you know, it's just because they're they are those tried and tested riffs, and so many people do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my only kind of downside to the album. You okay. know, th- there was a couple of poppy tracks on there that were quite cheesy. Yeah, but it's McFly. That's gonna happen. That's how they've made their money. <laughs> but I Definitely. really wish that they would have wrote another album like that afterwards but they went really really squeaky clean with like a hip-hop producer in the album after that okay and it was such a night and day sort of thing where you kind of go oh that's a bit it's it's (laughs) yeah it's a it's very different whereas if they would have kind of leaned into that a little bit more you know i think they could have wrote something really special Mm. but you know it is what it is and you know i do i do appreciate that album to be honest so um, yeah, it's it's funny how ten years down the line, I can change my mind on something. I say ten years. God, what year is it? <laughs> oh God, it's like thirteen years old. That album is. So yeah, thirteen years down the line, I changed my mind. <laughs> right on to your uh, number two. Uh, so this, I had a bit of trouble. Uh, between this one and my number one. I didn't know which to put it. And I still don't know which to put it, but either way, I'm just going to stick with it. Uh, Do it eeny, meeny, miny, moe. No, I'm going to stick with my original. <laughs> cool. uh, it's Limp Biscuit, and it is chocolate starfish and hot dog flavoured water. Um, my, my first question. For- 
I'm Go sorry. On. Why would you say they're a bad band? Um, is it off of what the media and how the rest of the world looks at them? Like, oh, they're a bit of a bad band. They're a little bit, you know, yeah. new metal's a bit cheesy, or do you think they're a bad band? No, this is more of like media, media side of it. Okay. Um, personally, I think the whole, as they came into the new metal, um, it was a new thing, uh, having like the rap and the metal kind of influences. Uh, I I quite like that. Obviously, uh, this album was uh, introduced to me by uh, my dad, and only enough same. How was it by your dad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I don't know. I I just don't understand why people didn't like the new metal uh, genre. Um, I think I, it, I, just, I don't know. I just didn't get it. I think the um, there's a YouTube channel called the Punk Rock NBA that I listen to and I watch a lot. So shout out. He doesn't need the shout out because he's got quite a following. Um, but yeah, um, he goes into it in one of his videos and he basically says that by the time it was it was starting to reach its sort of full potential, and this might just be, be, be me paraphrasing or completely getting it wrong, by the time it reached its potential, the mainstream media have already got a hold of it. Uh, so then okay. it starts getting twisted into something it's not really. Mm. Um, and then it was dead before it began sort of thing mm. so yeah I see what I you mean some, some amazing bands came from that scene though like obviously the uh, well Limp Bizkit there was uh, Linkin Park I mean uh, Korn could you technically make them as a new metal band I think they were like the founders yeah uh, I mean there's some amazing bands that came for it but I don't know it's um, I, I don't know I just generally really enjoyed um, that album. I still enjoy listening to their music. Um, Same here, actually. So it's it's not nece- this one's not necessarily a bad band for me, but in terms of like how it's pre- uh, perceived by the media and yeah. other people around, that's just them. So it's funny because I never used to listen to Limp Bizkit a lot um, mm. when I was younger. Um, there'd be the the ones that you'd see on TV, like the one from Mission Impossible and, you know, Rolling, of course, because I'm a big wrestling fan and, you know, The Undertaker came out to Rolling on a motorbike. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, things like that. When I was younger, I'd be like, oh, yeah, they're pretty cool. It's only in the last few years, and it's when I listen to their great hits. They've got some really well-written songs. And it's not only that, it's the... Like the tones that they use for the instruments themselves, oh, they are heavy as hell, man. I think Wes Borland, um, obviously he wasn't on some of the albums, their guitarist. Mm. Um, Is that the one with the paint? Yeah, so like um, when you listen to Eat You Alive, that's not him. Oh, okay. Um, so he's not on that album. Um But you can tell when he is. He's like He's a guy that really pushed forward on you know certain styles of playing and really push the boundary on being artistic as as a guitar player because he never fit in with the band because he was always like covered in paint and stuff like that it was a bit of an outcast but that was his thing um but you know my favorite song by them is um build a bridge Mm -hmm. it's not off that album but it's like an acoustic song and you go god you can actually do that there's not a lot of bands that can and kind of Sort of touching on what you were talking about when you were saying about um, new metal and things like that. There's so many different subgenres of new metal that people don't even realise. Like Lip, uh, Slipknot, they were considered a new metal band for a while. Mm-hmm. And you know, if new metal wasn't a big thing at the time, at the time, would they have been big? Would they have just been a weird band that wore masks? Mm. I don't know. Like. I'm glad that they transitioned into something heavier mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, one of their albums is sort of the reason that we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's subliminal verses. <laughs> if you don't like that, let us know why. <laughs> but yeah, that is a, that's a big, big album for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if New Metal wasn't a thing, like, there wouldn't be other bands that really stepped into that territory. You listen to... 
the later of Mice and Men stuff before Austin left. They went really new metal. Um, and I remember saying to you that I thought there was going to be like a resurgence and I thought it was going to come back. And I, st- I still think... It's... What was that, sorry? It just, it just shows um, bands are still taking influence from that kind of era. Yeah, I feel um, like um, there's certain bands that are still trying to push it. Um, certain stuff from New of Mice and Men, I'd say, is kind of like it too. Yeah, but you listen to bands like Code Orange. They started as like a New York hardcore band, I think New York, mm-hmm. um, and they ended up a lot of their newer stuff has those sort of proper new metal influences. Yeah, and some of these new metal bands are looked at as legends now. You look at Corn, Slipknot, Limp Bizkit, mm-hmm. Rammstein. You know, it's it's crazy how that stuff is still around. I mean, whatever they did, and I mean to be honest, they came into, I suppose, the market at the right time. Yeah. Um, and even though they've changed, or unfortunately, made some of them not be together anymore, um, they they really did put a lot of influence into the music scene as a whole. I think it was uh, only a matter of time before people started to merge stuff like metal rock with hip-hop fusion it's been happening for years yeah you look at like rock as a genre was around for a very long time 20 30 years before hip-hop was really on the scene in like brooklyn and america and things like that yeah and um you know i'm surprised it didn't happen sooner but when grunge happened that was the sort of proper like anti-hip-hop sort of thing so I, I do feel like it was going to happen at some point. And it, like turning the new millennium, Corn were doing it for ages anyway, but turning into like the year 2000 and stuff like that around that sort of time, you know, people wanted something different. So I think that was a really good choice. I think it was. Um, I don't know what number I'm on. Number two. Number two. Right. So, <laughs> uh, cool. So um, my number two. Uh, came out in <laughs> I feel like we have to explain that now I'm sorry um, well, we've got a little bit of an now. inside joke that when I um, was going to get tattooed uh, tattooed <laughs> one day um, one of my friends dropped me to the tattoo shop and uh, he's a little bit weird so if you're watching this Pierce, love you um, but yeah basically um, we just left the gym and he started screaming at the top of his lungs tattooed it doesn't sound funny now I'm saying it. <laughs> but when it's an in-joke, it's hilarious. And, you know, that eventually got cut down to... Which, um, every time we say... Uh, it's, a, it's a thing. God, that was a waste of time. <laughs> so my number two um, is an album called Night Visions by Imagine Dragons. Now... Okay. I don't know if these are looked at as a bad band. It's just they are a sort of... I think it's another media one. Like, I think I, so. I don't know why. Do I like these? Um, I feel like they've had I'll... so much exposure that they've sort of became a nickelback. Like, it's, some people find it cheesy to like them, sort of thing. I really like Imagine Dragons. It's radio rock again, though. It's, yeah. That's the thing. It's not necessarily bad. That, that that album itself was fantastic. I mean, that, I remember listening to it and thinking, Christ, uh, all right. I've not actually sat down and listened to this album properly before, yeah. but there is so many songs that I actually knew off it uh, because obviously they've been on the radio so much. So that was the thing that I was going to touch on is the overexposure of the album. Um, you know, Radioactive was in like loads of films and TV programs. I'm pretty sure it was on a Microsoft advert at some point. Um, two of the songs I'm pretty sure it was two of the songs ended up being on the soundtrack for Gogglebox if you've ever watched that um, and it still is so like you you hear some of those and you might not have ever heard that song before but you've heard bits of it yeah subliminally yeah so I love that album I can listen to that album front to back like mm. I was earlier to be honest um, <laughs> and when I was at university um 
you know, I was studying music and music production. And they were a band that, where I was living at the time, there was a very big kind of folk um, scene down there. Mm. Um, and they have, like, if you listen to the first album anyway, there's a very much folk slash rock influence. And they came up when, you know, Mumford and Sons were big and that whole folk thing was happening. You know, since then they've transitioned into like, you know, pop territory, pop rock sort of thing. Yeah. Or alt rock. But there's so many influences on the album that when you listen to it, you kind of go, you know, I can hear different influences of different bands, like The Killers, for instance, on the first album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's, an, there's a song on the album called Nothing Left to Say. And it's got this extended outro, like an instrumental sort of jam session. Yeah. I have to listen to that whole song in full. I can't stick on <laughs> half of that song. Um, but I think that's one of the songs that will go in my, my top 10 of all time, that song. Um, yeah, I really, really love that album. I don't really have a lot to say about it, apart from yeah. what I've just said, basically. Um, but sometimes overexposure can kill a band. Sometimes it can really push them into a different territory, I think. And I think that did, mm-hmm. because they released two albums within the space of a year. Um, the album after Night Visions was called Smoke and Mirrors. That was like a year or two after. Um, and then they released an album called Evolve, which was really sort of squeaky clean, all pop sort of rock in that sort of direction. There was a lot of hip hop beats and stuff like that on it. Yeah, That was very mainstream. And then within a year, they dropped Origins um, or Origin, which is very much falling back to their first album. Mm. So it's really cool how they're kind of like, this is where we came from. Yeah, it's almost like they've uh, started experimenting in the later albums and then realised the formula that they had for the first album was uh, almost almost the best way of writing. And then I thought, you know what, sorry, let's go back to how we originally went about writing. Yeah, I think, like I said, I I connect with songs a lot more when I connect, I connect emotionally with them. Mm-hmm. And I listen to songs from Night Visions and then listen to Origin and I connect with those songs a lot more than the other two albums. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's a really good recipe for success, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I don't know, unless you've got any more kind of thoughts to add to that, I think I'm going to leave that one there. Yeah, I, I think they're a great band, and I, I love the album. That's all I can really say, to be honest. I wanted to see them for years. Mm. I saw them at Reading Festival. Um years and years ago and it was like something from a film like the sun was setting behind <laughs> the stage and it was just it was amazing but i've always wanted to see them at their own show since because they were so good at a festival i thought you know they're gonna be well, way as, on another level well as soon as everything's sorted out and they're touring let's go covid be gone liz yeah. <laughs> um yeah cool so what is your what are we at now number one yeah, this is uh, the best of Ooh. best of a bad bunch. I think before we get to our number ones, should we go through some honourable mentions? Yeah, yeah. Did you I mean, get I, any honourable mentions? I struggled enough getting these five, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think if uh, you carry on, you got if you've got some, I've got three, and they were three that almost made the list. The top one was originally on the list at number five. But then I realised I don't really like the album. I like parts of it. And that is All the Right Reasons by Nickelback. Um, I hate to bring back the word butt rock. But there we go. Um, So, yeah. um, There are some proper, like, metal sections on there. Like, the very first song, Follow You Home, started with, like, a double kick pattern on the drums. It sounds amazing. That's as far as my light goes for that album. Um, they brought out Rockstar, which was massive for about a year. And, you know... Very overplayed. Yeah, a lot of the songs on that album became very overplayed. And then, you know, Nickelback a few years ago tried to make a Gent album, which is really odd. Did they? Yeah, I think it's called Feed the Machine or something like that. Okay. 
Okay, I'll have to have a listen to that. Give it a go. I'll be, I'll be interested to see um, how it goes. Number two on my honourable mentions is an album called Native by One Republic. Um, it's got that song Counting Stars, which everybody knows, and it's on every radio, everywhere, all the time. Um, yeah. That song's massive, but there's a song on there called Love Runs Out. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to it, it starts with like a, a on-the-beat sort of piano rhythm. Very simple. And it mm-hmm. sounds like Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Mm. Um, and it turns out that uh, Ryan Tedder, the lead singer of One Republic, actually helped write Rolling in the Deep and helped okay. write that album. So you can hear the influence. Mm. Um, which, fun fact, today is the 24th of January 2021. It's the 10th anniversary of Adele's 21 album today. Jeez. <laughs> which that song is off. Um, so yeah, that also almost made the list. But I left it off. Okay. It is a good album. Um, and the one that was on the bottom of the list for the honorable mentions was uh, an album. I'm going to mess this up called Hey, Hey, My, My, Yo, Yo by Junior Senior. There's a song called Can I Get, Get, Get. If anyone's listening to this right now, go and listen to it on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. It's so funky, I'll make you want to dance. <laughs> I've done that, that one, to be honest. I don't know any more of that album apart from that song, but it came on shuffle one day and I almost sprinted to work. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's it for my honourable mentions. Let's move on to your number, Uno. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so, this... I've chosen uh, the album Phobia by Breaking Benjamin. And this is another, I think it's more of a public don't like it rather than uh, the public don't like them uh, rather than myself personally. Yeah. Um, the album is absolutely fantastic. And I just have no idea why people didn't like it. I I understand some aspects of it, but just makes no sense to me to be honest it's very well written um mm-hmm. there's a lot of catchy melodies a lot of catchy um i mean the, the lyrics themselves they're i'm gonna go with quite relatable um, okay i listened to this album when i was going through that whole embarrassing emo phase um obviously you remember i'm not gonna share around. any stories on this podcast <laughs> about that <laughs> yeah please don't turn this. um but no it as a band themselves this album was uh composed and produced so well i mean it, if people don't know this please go and check it out it's absolutely fantastic and uh, i know they were massive for a certain like a good amount of time yeah they just completely dropped off the off the scene though it's really weird i've never um, actually listened to them oh, okay please go and listen to it. it's, it's mm. they're quite fun and their tuning uh for the guitars is a hell of a lot lower than what you would imagine it to be um which is something i've picked up uh over the past few years um oh. no it's, it's i don't know for me it's one of those albums which uh, had a big impact on me and how I was at the time when I came to listen to it. So, it's funny because there's some people who are really massive fans of that band and then you've got people who have never heard of them. Like, I've heard of them, I just never really listened to them. Um, yeah. I couldn't name I think a, a song by them, to be honest. I, th- I think probably one of their most main songs is The Diary of Jane. Um, oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it, it's... I think it's just because of how, I suppose it's a depressing uh, theme to the album, I suppose. Yeah, I used to get confused between them and Three Days Grace. Yeah. I don't know why. I see that. Um, Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I know there's some people who are really massive fans. Like, you know, for instance, KSI, he loves them. Really? Yeah, I saw it in a video. Um, and he did this thing where he was talking about like favorite artists, and he he brought them up, and I was like blown away by the fact that he listens to Breaking Benjamin. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be on the list of ones to check out. I think just because I've never actually given it a chance. No, it's, it's a really good album all the way through. It's just one of those albums I just keep keep going through. 
why would you think they're a bad band? Is that just, again, because down to, like, just people looking at them, sort of like the whole Nickelback thing, where it's kind of like, people are like, hmm, not cool yeah, to like them anymore. Yeah, I think they, like, when they had their success and, like, they became a big band, it was yeah. like, everybody was like, okay, now let's just leave them. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, it, it's a shame, because I genuinely like them, but I know... Um, other people either don't know them or just don't like them. So it's a shame about that now with people, you know, approaching things in that sort of manner. Because mm. you know, the whole cancel culture thing is a very big thing right now. It never used to be. Um, people just used to fall off the radar, I guess. So um, uh. yeah, I think uh, we go for numero uno myself and i know number one so i don't need to pick my phone up here um it is uh harry styles sign of the times this good album. Very is good album. one of those albums that i will tell all my music buddies all my friends that are into music and things like that to go and listen to and they always go well that dude from one direction and i'm like <laughs> yes him go and listen to it um the album is brilliant. Yeah, I, I can't definitely. say enough good stuff about that album. Um, Sign of the Times, the title track from the album, it's very Pink Floydy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of washy sort of synths and you know sort of noises and you know it's got that big warm sound. I really love that song, mm. but there's so many things on that album where you can hear his influences. Yeah, well, it just shows the amount of passion and like, how strong that album was from start to finish. Like, how much he must have really wanted to start a solo career whilst he was in One Direction, especially towards the end. No, if he had uh, yeah. so many ideas, and it, that album came out to be so big, fair play to him, man. I think obviously One Direction were they were from X Factor, and they. They were all solo artists before they got put into a band on that TV show. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine it's stuff that he's he's always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, you listen to the newest album called Fine Line and you hear a lot of kind of Springsteen influences, a lot of Rolling Stones and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you listen to this album and, you know, the final song on the album called From the Dining Table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... I hear a lot of kind of Ben Howard and Boniver in it and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and there's certain songs like there's one called Two Ghosts and Sweet Creature. They yeah, were played yeah. everywhere for ages. They were on like MS adverts and things like that. Um, yeah, I, like I said, like in terms of the reason I put it on the whole bad artists thing is because again, people do the whole, oh, he's from One Direction. Why would I want to listen to that? Like okay, it's, so it's proper, not necessarily. It's yeah. not necessarily you don't like him. Nah, I think his solo stuff is brilliant. Okay, I listen to his solo stuff all the time. Um, there's a song called "Golden" on his second album. It's so good. It's so so good. It's like a proper eighties big drum sound sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's you can see the difference between like if you look at other artists from that have came out of One Direction. It's very much, here's a pop song been written for you. And some of these songs might have been written for him, but you can tell that some songs have been written from from him. Yeah. About experiences and things like that. I and, mean, he did his documentary about that album. Uh, I remember watching it and thinking it was, it was really enlightening, um, just showing how much passion he actually put into yeah. it. Yeah, and Is I it, think it's just, oh man, I could gush about it? this album all day. <laughs> didn't you write uh, didn't you record that album in uh where the Beatles did Abbey Road? Yeah, I know that he did certain stuff in Abbey Road. Like first half of the album he wrote a few songs for Sign of the Times and then he went um he stopped writing for a while. He went and starred in he filmed Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Um okay. and then he stopped he he didn't write for a while and then he kind of sat down and actually finished the album. Oh, okay. Um, oh man, it's so good. 
<laughs> and in the production as well. Yeah, in the production and stuff like that, you can hear how big and warm the production is. It's yeah. almost sort of analog, even though it's not. You know, it might have been recorded analog, you know, but yeah, I, I say we call it there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go That's on good. for another hour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, um, what kind of topic do you think we should go for next? Um, we will be covering other kind of albums that changed our lives, songs that changed our lives, sounds. Um, we'll yeah. be doing that next. Um, but we're going to do more lists. If you like stuff like this, get involved in the conversation. Let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Um, you know, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music or any of those sort of platforms, feel free to come over to the YouTube. We do a video version of this podcast um, where you get to see our our faces. Um, and then um, you can comment down below and let us know what kind of albums or lists we should do next. Um, as I was saying, if you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like, ding the bell, whatever all that stuff is. Um, and if you are on Spotify or Apple Music, feel free to subscribe. It does a lot for us, um, and you get to see when we upload the next one. We're going to be doing this a lot more um, going forward because lockdowns in the UK, yay. Um, is there anything else you want to say, Josh? Uh, again, just please don't take these like our opinions for gospel. Uh, if you genuinely enjoy uh, these albums and these bands, you carry on enjoying them. Um, and if you've got to this part of the video, thank you very, very much. We really appreciate it, and uh, we hope to see you on the next one. Couldn't say it better. We basically do this for conversation. We don't do this to, you know, start any arguments or say that anyone's wrong. We do it for conversation, and that is it. Um, so if you're at this point now, thank you for sticking with us. It's an hour. So um, we appreciate it, and we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye.